Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Ronaldo in the studio this morning. Um, so it is uh, really, really, really good to see some local representation in this year's College World Series. Um, speaking of which, uh, more specifically about Arkansas, how'd they make it out in game two? Not well. Mm. This is the fourth time this year they play Ole Miss. Of course, they're conference rivals. First time they played, Arkansas took two out of three in Fayetteville during the regular season. Last night, Ole Miss got their revenge. And they, they pounded the Razorbacks in the third and fourth innings, in the middle part of the game, and beat them 13-5. to five. Okay, the score, yeah, it's lopsided. Arkansas scored yeah, 17 yeah, against Stanford. It's one win, and this is one loss. Arkansas does play again this afternoon. This is double elimination, so there's a way to come through it. Road is a little bit more rocky now, but uh, over and above that, uh, Razorbacks still have a very good team, but so does Ole Miss. They're very all these teams are oh, in the yeah, College World Series. It's it's a heck of a competition. So indeed, uh, Arkansas does lose, but there's still hope. Then, but they can't lose again. That's oh no, no, lose again, and they're and they're bad, out. So what's uh, up next for them? They play this afternoon. They play in a losers bracket game, and this will be a very interesting test for them because. Well, Arkansas's got to come back, and they haven't faced uh, a whole lot of deficiencies this year, but they will. They're, they're going to play Auburn, and that's another conference rival. Mm-hmm. Four of the teams in the final eight are SEC. Southeastern Conference. I know. It's crazy. They own baseball. They own football for the most part. Um, all right, so very important meeting today that could reshape the world of pro golf. This live thing has gotten crazy, and... Now we'll see if uh, they're going to be, is this part of the world rankings question? No, that's not going to enter into this. This is going to be what the PGA is taking as a guardian step against this live. And I'm I'm very pleased that the PGA has done this because usually, let's wait till next year or something. They're taking measures right now. They're taking things very seriously. The meeting is going to take place in Hartford, Connecticut. The first part of the meeting will start in a couple of hours. And that's going to be a little meeting with uh, among the forces here involved. It's the PGA and what is called the DV World Tour. DP, I beg your pardon, DP World Tour. What on earth is the DP World Tour? Well, that's the sponsor's name for the European PGA. They changed it this year. So it's, it's the PGA forces. Are they going to merge? That is one of the possibilities. Right now they work together, but they're not merged. That could be something uh, in the offing for them, and I think probably a plan to come up with some new tournaments, some new purses. New incentives. Oh, yeah, new incentives, because (laughs) this, after all, money is is what this is all about, but it's the foundation of the money. The PGAs is old-time money and sponsors all around the world and so forth. Live is the Saudi Arabian government, and that's... Not good. Well, let me ask you this. So let's say, for example, they make this deal and they get more tournaments, right? They give another chance to get these guys out of, into different countries that support this stuff. And and I know that's what it's about, but how is that going to enter into the, like the PGA season? Does that make sense? So are some all these guys going to be committed to playing all these tournaments, or do they pick a few and play a few? How does that work? That's a very good question, and that's probably what's going to be discussed. There are more than a hundred players who are going to attend, and that'll be the afternoon session that occurs. And what the two leagues are going to do is come up with this is what we're going to do on the schedule. This is how we're going to expand it. And yes, there are probably plans to have tournaments in Europe, in Asia, in the Middle East. 
kind of hit live right where yeah. their strong point Makes is. Makes sense. Although live is in is coming to this. Country. Yeah, they're doing the same thing. They're going to do the uh, have what I think five tournaments in the United States, but over and above that, it is yes more incentive, more money for these guys, and I think that's what they're going to do. At, but I'm guessing this because nothing's been made public yet. But the big meeting will be held today. It'll probably be a series of ongoing meetings as the years go on, but. It's uh, being taken very seriously by the PGA. It'll be interesting to see how they play that out from the just the player standpoint and what they have to do and what they don't have to do and how that's going to trade They'll probably, off. I'm going to guess, put some restrictions. Yeah. Because if you, if you jump tours like that, now, on a PGA, a PGA member can play any number of tournaments that he wants. He doesn't have to play in all of them. But that doesn't mean you go someplace else and play. Yeah, that's unless true. Unless it's a special invitation from... Uh, Oh, maybe some group of some sort. Hey, we'd like you to play in this for maybe uh, ten thousand bucks. Yeah, they'll they'll allow something like that. But jumping to another tour, uh-uh, that yeah. ain't gonna work. Well, we'll see how it plays out, and I'm sure you'll have all the deets tomorrow. All right, last but not least, do or die really for Tampa Bay last night in the Stanley Cup Finals. If they didn't lo- win that game, it would have been sayonara. But they finally woke up and showed up big time. Oh, they did. They took it to Colorado, especially in the second period. Got off to a 6-2 lead, and that is the final score, 6-2. But I'll tell you, I was impressed with the way Tampa Bay dominated this game. Colorado, this, this I think, took a lot of starch out of Colorado. First five minutes, they scored a goal and took a 1-0 lead, but the goal was disallowed. And it took about 15 to 20 minutes to disallow it. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. The goal goes in. Everybody's celebrating. The announcers, oh, it's one to nothing. Colorado's at it again, blah, blah, blah. Just before the face-off, following that goal, timeout, timeout. Tampa Bay is going to challenge this. So they go back and they look at the video. Apparently, the coaches are up in the video room. And they're looking at this over and over and over again. And the goal was instituted by one of the the players who who began the attack. He is a micro-inch. The puck is a micro-inch offside. And the officials looked at it and said, Yep, we can see some some white ice right there offside. They disallowed the goal. And I mean, this visual proof, it's pretty shaky, but it was visual, visual proof nonetheless. Anyway, that goal was disallowed still. Colorado scored on a power play and took a 1-0 lead. But that's when Tampa Bay came back and really played with a vengeance and got the win. So they play again later on this week. Again, it's really a quintessential perform, uh, appearance for Tampa Bay to win this thing. They've got to. But we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a heck of a series. These are two good teams. It's always a, uh, they got lucky in that call big time because who the hell, I, if you can barely see it in an instant replay, it's not like someone on the sideline was like, hey, t- they were off sides. They was just like, he was pretty close. Throw it, see what happens. To the eye when the yeah. action occurred, you can't there's no, there's no way. So Cardinals uh, pretty much got they're about handed to them on the East Coast over the uh, weekend. Were they able to recover after that? They were not. Go out to Milwaukee and play the game. They actually got pretty good pitching performance from Miles Michaelis last night. He held Milwaukee uh, pretty much in check until Tyrone Taylor hit a two-run homer. That was the game. Two to nothing, the Milwaukee Brewers win. But I'll tell you what's a little disturbing, and I think uh, symbolic of their inconsistency. In the game Sunday that the Cardinals lost to the Boston Red Sox, Cardinals batters struck out 14 times. Last night, they struck out 12 times. That is 26 strikeouts 
in two games, in consecutive back-to-back games. I don't understand that at all. Now, Corbin Burns, who was the winning pitcher for Milwaukee last night, is a very good pitcher and a solid all-star, but gosh almighty, 12 strikeouts. Now, they weren't all his. Only 10 were his. (laughs) Each each of the relievers got one strikeout apiece, but two-run homer, and Tyrone Taylor wins, and the Cardinals could not respond, and the Milwaukee Brewers get a 2-0 win, and they're back in first place in the National League Central Division. Now, Kansas City Royals go out to Anaheim, California, take on the Los Angeles Angels, who are on a winning streak. So much for the winning streak. Oh, Royals yeah, beat let's go Royals. 6-2, to two. Kansas City comes away with a win. They played very well. Here is Noah Syndergaard doing the pitching for the Angels, Thor, when he was with the New York Mets, great big blonde-haired kid from Texas. And uh, the Royals were able to handle him, and especially the uh, Angels relievers down the stretch. So... It's a big win for Kansas City. They're now 18 games under 500, but still, folks, they are a better team than that. They'll come on. They're not going to be a contender, of course, but they're still playing better. And a nice win, 6-2 for the Kansas City Royals. Springfield had the night off. Probably definitely deserved it, and it was a little warm, so I'm (laughs) sure they enjoyed that night off. All right, 13 years ago tonight, Cardinals belted the Royals 12-5. But it was a very special win. It was for manager Tony La Russa because that night, 13 years ago in, in 2009, that victory was number 2,500 for Tony La Russa, making him only the third manager in baseball history to have 2,500 or more wins. He's, he's headed for the Hall of Fame somewhere along the line. The other two, two of the immortals, Connie Mack and John McGraw, both original members of the Hall of Fame. So this was a big win 13 years ago. There's a lot of water over the dam since then, including some world championships for the Cardinals. And now Tony is managing the Chicago White Sox, who are a better team from what they have played so far. But over and above all that, historic night. Uh, and it was 13 years ago tonight that it happened. What were you drinking that night? That's uh, a good question. <laughs> Probably whiskey. <laughs> all right. Uh, NBA draft now is uh, set to kick off this week, and there is actually kind of an Ozarks connection involved in that. There absolutely is in every respect. The Orlando Magic have picked number one, and who is the general manager of the Orlando Magic? The guy who the president and the general manager will combine to come up with the first choice, whomever that might be, and Orlando needs some good players. GM is John Hammond, who uh, for many years was Charlie Spoonhour's assistant coach here in town from 1985 to 1990. Great guy, know him well. He's a very astute basketball man. When he left Missouri State, when Charlie left, he went with the Detroit Pistons, later went with the Milwaukee Bucks as their general manager and drafted the Greek Freak. Uh, Andy Combo, Jonas Andy uh, Andy Decumbo. That's well, you start Say that, that name real. Yeah, <laughs> and now he John is the uh, GM of the Orlando Magic and doing a great job. He'll have that team back in contention. Well, it'd be interesting to see who else gets picked up this week. Ned, you have a great day. And uh, last question: Have you turned that AC on yet, sir? Not quite yet, but I'm told that Saturday is going to be the hottest day. Ah, uh, well, we'll be uh, we'll just go swim in the Finley for a few mm. hours. Maybe we can sleep down there. Have a great day, man.